Hello, and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and today with me is Carrie Vogren. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So Carrie is the founder of Critical Hit Cookies, as well as an avid tabletop RPG player. In addition to crafting cookies and selling them through criticalhitcookies.com, she also has joined the Amber of the Order of the Amber Die in their Abomination Arsenal Marathon. And she also plays in the True Crit Outlaws of Alkenstar Pathfinder 2E stream on Twitch. Two years ago, she was a guest blogger on the No Direction Network where she wrote about how to start a gaming-themed business. And you can reach Carrie on Twitter at Carrie, K-A-R-E-E, Vogrin, V-O-G-R-I-N, or on her website, www.criticalhitcookies.com. So Carrie, can you talk about Critical Hit Cookies and how you got started making cookies for gamers in the first place? Basically, I've been a baker my entire life, but I came to gaming very late. I've only really been gaming for maybe seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. And so I started playing. The first thing I ever played was D&D 5th Ed. And I played one session and loved it. And then based on that, I went to Gen Con. And wow. I think it was like <laughs> based Gen on Con, one game. Yeah, <laughs> for, pretty much. I was I yeah. was very into it. And yeah. so I went to Gen Con and I met Adam Smith, the GM of Order of the Amber Die. And we happened to just meet randomly at a food stall and spent an hour talking. And I was very into gaming and very excited to be there. And when I saw the elaborate setups that they were doing, I was really mm -hmm. geeked about it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one of the things that they do is they do marathon sessions. So they're gaming for three or four days at a time. And I offered to send them cookies for the marathons. And that was like the first start of me, you know, feeding gamers. Right. And they were very into the, into the cookies and, you know, still are. And they then decided to, you know, they were telling me that I should do this professionally. And I, you know, decided that this was the time that I was actually going to leap off and, you know, try to combine these two new loves, one old and one new, and start a business. So had you been baking for a long time for fun or for other people or as a side gig or anything? I had been baking my entire life and, you know, I've baked for all my friends and family, but it was just a hobby. It wasn't anything I was mm -hmm. doing professionally. Mm -hmm. And how long ago did you decide to start Critical Hit Cookies? It will be our three-year anniversary this December. And this is uh, still a side gig or is this your full-time thing now? This is my full-time thing. Um, so it's it's done very well. It's still I'm still growing the business, but mm -hmm. it's it's what I do full-time now. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great. You know, um, kind of as a, as an aside, I, I mentioned earlier when I told you why I was a light getting the interview outline to you that I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm actually a university professor and I specialize in teaching entrepreneurship and how to start new businesses and grow businesses. So uh, if you ever want to talk offline, I'm happy to <laughs> provide some free consulting for you. Uh, maybe in trade for some cookies. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. <laughs> So um, now that this is kind of your full-time gig, can, can you talk a little bit about your production process? You know, how you, 
go about uh, getting orders and you know processing those and turn them into cookies and shipping them out. And I, I'm I'm kind of curious how you know a gaming baking company works. One of the things that I decided, well, like I decided I want to start this company, and then I actually mm-hmm. started the research of could I start this company. Yeah, and it turned out that you know I did all the research and I got my food license so I mm-hmm. can. You know, it's all legal and whatever. And then I set up a website and all of the orders are done through the website. So it's some of it required like learning coding, which I had never done before and whatever. So I started that taking pictures of all the cookies, whatever, and got my website up and running. And then, you know, I got my website up and running and... So now I get orders in through, you know, the website, which I have an app on my phone. So I'll, you know, be alerted every time a new order comes in. Mm-hmm. I will either have stock or need to make the cookies then. And, you know, bake them off and ship them out. All of my cookies are individually packaged. That's one of the things that I do to make sure that they last because right. I'm shipping them. Right. And then they're all hand packed with, you know, bubble wrap and crinkle paper to try to make sure that there's no breakage or anything like that going on. Right, right. And then we ship them out and most things are, you know, two to three days, depending on where you're located. Mm-hmm. And and do you typically make them in big batches? You, you mentioned if we have some in stock or if we have to make. So do you have a big batch for when an order comes in, then you have a couple, some left over for stock or you only do like make to order? I do batches, but then I freeze the dough. So everything is fresh Uh, baked. Got it. Got it. So all the cookies are freshly baked as they're shipped out. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And then I have a lot of freezer space. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Wow. And do you, how do you ship them? I'm I'm kind of curious. You mentioned the packaging. Do you, is it UPS, FedEx? uh, I actually use the postal service. Okay. And that, and it's like their priority mail. Yeah. So it normally gets there. Most places are two days, some are three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And cool. you can choose if you want a different car- carrier on the website. If you right. have a specific, you know, you want to specify what your thing is, but we've never had a shipment that was lost. And mm-hmm. most, you know, there, we don't have, we haven't had complaints about delays or anything like that. So it's, it's worked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you're uh, in Pennsylvania. Can, Local people swing by and pick them up, or do you discourage that? It's not necessarily conducive. I don't have like a separate storefront, so right. it's all out of my home. But if they make an order, though, you know, and they want to pick them up, yeah, I mean, it's it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's officially possible, but I've never I've never had okay. anyone like stop by unless they were like actually a friend who was picking up an order. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. How, how close are you to, uh, you said you went to Gen Con. So how close are you to like Indianapolis or like Columbus for origins and stuff? Um, I'm just outside of Pittsburgh. So I'm like six hours from Indianapolis and three hours from Columbus. Got it. Got it. Okay. So not, not super close, but not too far for things. Right. Totally drivable. Yeah. And have you gone to Origins? I'm just kind of curious to set up. The, I, actually, the Origins stall. is the one that I have not gone to yet. So I've gone to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia a number right. of times, but mm-hmm. I haven't yet managed to get to Origins. 
Oh, I, I actually like Origins a lot. It's it's a, like a mini Gen Con, you know, for all the things they do and the vendor booths and things. Um, have you set up a vendor booth at, at, at a convention or you strictly do it by mail? I strictly do it by mail, mostly because I looked into it for PAX Unplugged and yeah. they wouldn't let me bring food into the convention center because oh, they have licenses with, right, out, right. with vendors. Yeah. And so they would not let me bring in outside food. Wow. Yeah. I did not think, yeah, that's, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. I wonder if you could even do that at PaisaCon. Well, no, PaisaCon's only online now. So I guess right. you can't. <laughs> I, I went to PaisaCon last year and yeah. instead what I do at conventions is I tend to bring a stock of cookies and just hand out cookies to the people I meet and talk to. Yeah. So I was yeah, yeah. just distributing cookies, you know, yeah. as a way to get the, because uh, I figure once someone tastes the cookies, they'll be, you know, they're more likely to actually order them as opposed to just seeing the pictures. So right. I was just handing out cookies to everyone I saw. Well, you know, Alex uh, Agunas did a really nice review on your cookies. And actually, when I showed my wife your website with the cookies, she said they looked really good and rich. So I I think they're, they are do some good justice to, to the nature of them. They look good size and, and, and very rich. Um, what's the f top selling cookie amongst gamers? What, what do people like the best? Our top selling cookie is our salted caramel chocolate chip pretzel blondie. Okay. Okay. And that's actually one of the ones that uh, Alex had, had um, tried as well. I remember in there. Um, what is that though? I don't know what that is. A blondie is like a brownie, but there's no chocolate in it. So it's okay. more of like brown sugar, caramely taste. Okay. Got it. Got and it. then, as I said, there's caramel in it, pretzels it. and chocolate chips. Okay. And um, are the pretzels all crunched up as part of it or are they kind of? They're bitter? like kind of loosely, you know, smashed. So like whole pretzels would be too big, but, you know, you could have right. like a half size pretzel and they're all different sizes as they're kind of okay. just crumbled up. Yeah, I think pretzels and chocolate are are really kind of a neat mix. We we do uh, pretzel hugs at Christmas, you know, where you kind of melt a yes. Uh, Hershey's I know Kiss exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, and just that flavor, the pretzel with the chocolate is 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 really really nice. Um, so when you're uh, preparing the cookies, you mentioned how you package them. Do you because they're being shipped out two to three days? Do you have a, a change up the recipe at all? from what you normally might do if you're just giving it to somebody fresh that day? Like, is there uh, some different uh, ingredient or something you might put in? There's nothing that we do preservative wise right. because I want to keep it as, you know, fresh and natural as possible. Sure. The, you know, not, you know what I mean by natural without a lot of chemicals added. In. Right. Exactly. Okay. And so it just basically they're they're pretty good two or three days out, but beyond that they probably dry out a little bit. I imagine. The, um, no, actually they tend to last, particularly if you'll put them in the fridge or if you freeze them, they yes. actually will last like two weeks. Okay. Okay. They um they the cookies the sugar free ones tend to have a shorter shelf life because the sugar mm -hmm. acts as a preservative, a natural preservative. Oh. Okay. And so when okay. they're sugar free ones, they'll last a little less. But they'll also, all the cookies can be refrigerated and frozen and mm -hmm. they can last for weeks like that. Yes. I am a big fan of frozen cookies. My my wife, she used to bake quite a bit of cookies at Christmas time and we 
put them all in the freezer as we were kind of stocking them up to then plate them and give them away. And I would just love to grab them out of the freezer and eat them, eat them frozen. So <laughs> I know they keep for a while. Wow. Um, so moving away from uh, the, the cookie business, I'm, I'm very excited. I haven't, I, I know one baker, but they're a French baker. So I don't know any cookie bakers. So that's why I'm kind of curious about some of these things. And, and again, we can talk more offline if you want to talk more business and, and marketing stuff. Okay. Um, I am curious about the order of the amber dye because that seems like this, you know, the secret kind of group. And I mean, to get into it, that seems like such a, a challenging thing. Uh, you know, do they have a, a secret recruiting or initiation ritual you had to go through in order to join or? Is it just give enough cookies and you get in? <laughs> no, actually, in order to officially join them, you need to game with them for 100 hours. Oh, that is their criteria. Wow. So it's 100 wow. hours of gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and is that because the marathons are basically going to be like that? And so they want to make sure they can, you all get along for that amount of time? Pretty much, because it's, you know, it's not, it's all in the GM's house. And mm -hmm. so you have a lot of people that are in, you know, in one room for, you know, obviously we go out to sleep and whatever, but you have yeah. a lot of people for, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours a day, just locked, you know, in the living room and, wow. we, you know, little breaks for food and whatever, but basically it's, it's intense. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they, they want you, they figured a hundred hours would see how well you gel with a group. And mm -hmm. if you're, and if you can deal with the marathon, you know, lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you must be a marathoner then to be able to, to make that hundred hours. I wasn't entirely sure if I could do it. And I actually yeah. like set a goal for myself of gaming that many hours a day at Gen Con. So I like signed up for three <laughs> sessions yeah. Yeah, yeah, for multiple days. And yeah. I was like trying to see if I could do it on my, you know, just if I could, how I would deal with that much gaming. Yeah. And I actually love it. Wow. You are, you are a better person than me. I don't think I could do <laughs> three sessions a day, every day at Gen Con. I, um, you know, I, I went to the last live Gen Con before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think I maybe, I might've done nine or 10 sessions, but I didn't, I got breaks in there and some were GMing, some were, some were playing and stuff. Uh, I can't, uh, when I was younger, we did all this marathon stuff and, you know, I'm I'm a bit on the older end for gamers now, so it's uh, uh I like uh, I like my sleep a little bit too much. I guess. <laughs> um, so when you did the hundred hours, was this in person or online with them? It's all in person. They only game in person. So wow. we had um, the first thing that I gamed with them was for the the Slithering, right? Which right. was written by Ron Lundine. Um, he, with that, we had, you know, two marathons, they split it in two sessions and then we gamed, I, I think total, it was like 78 hours of play or so mm -hmm. for the two sessions. And then I joined the, their current project, which is the abomination vaults, calling mm -hmm. it the abomination arsenal. Yes. And their project, it's a six marathon project. And we've played our first two. Wow. And can you talk about, um, I'm, I can guess why it's the Abomination Arsenal, but can you talk about why it's the Abomination Arsenal and, you know, what that's about? 
Actually, it's because our party is all gunslingers. Yes, that's what I was guessing. <laughs> so it's an, a yeah. party of all gunslingers and how they deal yeah. with doing a standard dungeon crawl. Yeah. Wow. And um, how far are you, are you into the vault now? We basically have cleared levels one and two, most of level three, and we just leveled up to, um, we just, for our next session, we'll start at um, level four. Okay. So we went down to level four enough to, you know, and cleared enough right. of level three to level up, but. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm actually playing, I, for now it's like over a year because we don't do marathons. Uh, I've been playing Abomination Vaults GM by Ron Lundine. And uh, we, I think we just started on the sixth level. So we're a little bit ahead of you. And it gets weirder and weirder as you go down. That's all I'm going to say. So I can't imagine with gunslingers, though. Man, that would be a lot of fun. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I can't fathom. I, I, there are I'm some not, things we do really yeah. well, and there are yes. some things that we seriously struggle with. Yeah, I think the nature of the abomination vaults, it's like just a lot of critters you got to fight that gunslingers would do pretty well. And again, I haven't been all the way down to the, the lowest level, right. which yeah, it was way down there. Um, but yeah, no, no, that's that sounds that sounds pretty cool. And how frequently do you all do these marathons? We are averaging right now three marathons a year. Okay. So okay. there's there's you know, it's not that bad. Um, at in a project that I was not a part of years ago, they had their toughest marathon or their most toughest schedule was one a month. And mm -hmm. they did six months and they finished all of, I think that was Giant Slayer. Wow. wow. And the marathon is each day you're doing how many hours? Um, it depends on the individual marathon. Some are three days, some are four days, and it's averaging 10 to 15 hours of gaming a day. Wow. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. I've, I think that would be fun to try once. I don't know like, if I could do it a whole bunch though. Yeah. Just getting the time off and traveling oh, to yeah. Pennsylvania and <laughs> or it's definitely I, I a commitment. Yeah. Where are they located? I, I just, it's not Pennsylvania. It's somewhere else, isn't it? It's Jersey. So they're Jersey. actually right okay. outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 So good. That's not, not so bad at all. All right. Well, man, um, do they have uh, what's lined up next after the Abomination Arsenal? Have they talked about that? They yet? are still discussing exactly what the next project is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, possibly Iron Fang back to 1E. Oh, okay. But they're, it's not really been officially decided what all they're going to do yet. Mm -hmm. They're still mm -hmm. running around because they have another, you know, 18 months or so to figure it out. Right, right. And do they actually use the amber die for all the games, or is that it now kind of put it on a pedestal and a oh, glass no, no, case no. kind of thing? When when Adam wants to when he wants to, you know, really get someone in a fight, he always pulls yeah. out the amber die. So he does okay. use it. I mean, it's not used every single time because okay. like all like all gamers, you know, he varies his dice depending on Right. You know, what he, you know, the enemy we're fighting or whatever, he'll, he'll vary what dice he used. But 
when he wants to, you know, when he's looking to really nail somebody, he pulls out the amber die. Right. And how old is that die? I mean, is it so apparently they started like in 87? Is it that old? Yeah, it is. Wow. And it has wow. like mysterious origins where it yeah. ended up in his dice bag and <laughs> he thought it was a friend's die and the friend denied that it was his die and it just kind of ended up in his wow. dice bag. And so there's mysterious origins. And the thing that the amber die does is it chains natural 20s together. So it'll right. roll, you know, three or four in a row. Yeah. So, you know, once you once you're in trouble, you can be in serious trouble. <laughs> I would think uh, I I can see now why they don't use it all the time, because like the dice I had from back then became balls, right? They became completely round. So I imagine they have to be uh, he has, has to be very judicious in his use of the amber. Dice. Oh, yeah, you can see it. I mean, it looks worn. Yeah. It still yeah. rolls or whatever, but you can tell that it's an old dice. Yeah. Wow. So what advice do you have for people interested in starting a gaming theme business? Now, you wrote, wrote a whole blog about this. You don't have right. to say the whole thing, and I'll direct people to that blog. But do you have, you know, some, some you know, little bits of advice that you've picked up along the way that you think would be really helpful to, to get out to people? Well, my main advice is never think that just because, just because, you know, it doesn't seem like a natural fit that it can't work. You know, if, if that's your hobby and you, you know, you love two things, they can be combined together into, you can create a business. I mean, I started this thing and I had no idea how it would go. And I didn't know if anyone else would be able to see my vision. And when I, you know, I started putting pictures on social media of, you know, dice being the, the, the PCs with, you know, little accessories and fighting right. battles on maps and, you know, I thought people would think I was crazy because I, because it was just pictures of cookies with swords. Right. But, right. you know, they got a lot of attention and people really liked them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's entirely possible that things that don't seem like they relate can work together really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So taking your passion and turning it into a, uh more than a hobby and a business is something that you it's possible even when they seem very desperate in their in their nature right yeah cool very good uh so what's next for carrie what kind of cool things are you working on you know outside of of uh baking new flavors of cookies i guess i don't know yeah because i'm constantly doing that that's yeah. one of the things i love the most about yeah constant experimentation i'm you know, I mostly at this point play Pathfinder and Starfinder, and I love them both, and I always mm -hmm. want to play them. But mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm looking is I have all these clients from different gaming companies. Right. And so I want to try playing some of their projects, products and expand what all I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily mm -hmm. stop the Paizo stuff because I love it too much, but I right. want to try and, you know... They're or they're supporting me and I want to support them and see check out what all they do. So mm -hmm. there's several on my list of okay, I need to now try their product. Do you have a lot of people that play say 5e that buy your cookies as well? I do. I mean, it's because it's every basically everyone at your a lot of people in the Paizo world know me by now. I've right. met a lot of the the staff members. 
mm-hmm. and you know it's known that I exist basically. Right. You know, and they say, "Come to Paizo, we have cookies." No, literally, we have <laughs> cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it is one of the things that you know, it's not just Paizo Paizo fans that right. it is spreading right. out to you know other gaming companies, other gaming systems. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right, cool. Well, Carrie, it's been great getting a chance to meet you and learn more about Critical Hit Cookies and Order the Amber Die. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.